0: Hello and welcome to the Get Around It podcast. I'm Ben Gray and alongside me, as they always are, we have Zach Mankin and Tim Pereira. Today, we're going to be breaking down some of the biggest stories from the first day of NBA free agency, whether or not Derek Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame. But first, gentlemen, bad week to be us. The Bears, the Seahawks, and the Ravens all lost. I mean, I'm just glad that I'm not you, Mankin, because losing the Pats must be the worst thing that's ever happened to you.
1: Let's just put this out there. We all had a tough week. There is no tougher. No, no one of us had a tougher week, all right. Ben, we all watched the Bears today. Let's not pretend that you had a just a good <laughs> loss, okay? That was embarrassing.
0: I mean, uh, at least at least I didn't lose to a quarterback who didn't even have 150 yards. That's that's tough, man. That is really tough losing to a bad Patriots team.
1: Well, at least I'm not third. Uh, at least I'm not third in my division. At least I'm still oh, in I'm the top
2: two. Of- oh. <laughs> No. Can, I, can I can I just remind can I remind both of you that the Seahawks beat the both teams that you guys lost to this week? Can I, I also remind it. you Zach, that we haven't lost to a below five hundred team? I'll also remind you that Ben, but I don't mind you at the moment because you didn't bring up third place. And, um, oh my God. Uh, Can I remind you you still don't have a you still don't have a quarterback?
1: I'm not convinced you ever will. I'm not convinced that
0: you ever will. Ben, you can't laugh at the no quarterback joke. All right. Yeah, but see, I don't have a quarterback through injury and just bad play. You, like you don't have a quarterback, but you guys are pretending like you do. At least on the Bears, we know we don't have one. You guys pretend like you still have one there.
1: Oh my god! Both of you get an MVP. Both of you get an MVP and come back to me. Like seriously, Wait, Ben, Cannot... I'd
2: actually, I'd actually rather, I'd rather not have an MVP than have someone performing like Lamar Jackson at the moment. <laughs> I would take, I would take Nick Foles over Lamar Jackson. <laughs>
1: Tim, you, you, Tim, you said to me after the Ravens game, you're like, "Oh, Lamar didn't even play that bad."
2: Yes, Ooh. that doesn't mean he played well. <laughs> you can't don't backtrack bro, now. Cam Ev- not outplayed Lamar Jackson. We're talking about
1: bro, Jared Goff outplayed Russell Wilson. Don't even get oh me started. Gosh, oh, I was having, yeah. I was having another year without an MVP
0: vote. Could it look? Yeah, don't do him like that don't do him like that
2: please like how's having another year pretending that you have a quarterback and going nowhere in the playoffs how's gonna how is it gonna be not even losing in the first round this year because you're gonna be a wild card team so how is it gonna be how's it gonna feel losing a wild card game
1: um actually it's actually tactical gonna be in the wild card round because it's gonna make that first Lamar Jackson playoff win
2: easier yeah especially when it's against especially when it's against Kansas City we're and not six seed. How many t- times have you been in Kansas City?
1: It doesn't matter. I lose count. It doesn't <laughs> matter,
2: bro. <laughs> I know. It's hard. It's hard to count up to zero, isn't it?
1: Oh, you know, I just count all your MVP votes, bro. Oh
2: my god. At least at least he has a Super Bowl. What does Lamar have?
1: No, your defense has a Super Bowl. Russell was just there to watch oh my god bro oh
2: no <laughs> yeah well at least our quarterback can watch you yours can't do anything what he gets an mvp and then he's going to be a drop-off what where's he going to be in three years i nobody that's what it's going to be because they're going to realize that you don't have a quarterback you've got two running back and to be fair guess what he's not even that good of a running back well
1: no he's a quarterback so i don't judge him on oh his god. running ability you- Oh, man. Well
2: then, Zach, you're forbidden to speak for the rest of the night because uh, if you think that L- L- Lamar Jackson is <laughs> running a quarterback, you're severely mistaken. Oh, jeez. Well, to get that out of the way. <laughs> this
0: weekend we saw the Dolphins get another big, big win. Which, at this point, I don't know about you guys, is leaving a lot of questions about whether the Bills actually have that division or not. So, do you guys think that the Bills are going to take that division, or do you think the Dolphins will?
1: Personally, I have the Dolphins,
0: because... Ooh.
1: <laughs> Look, is, it a f- is it a decision f- like fully made with smarts? No, not at all. But, <laughs> statistically, they're very close, if you go through all the major stuff. And this is a bit more sex appeal with the Dolphins than there is with the Bills. The Bills are a tad boring. <laughs> Let's be honest. They're really, they're fundamentally sound, tad boring. Dolphins, on the other hand, Tua gives them a bit of X factor, which I don't think the Bills have in comparison. And, look, they've got a tad easier schedule going forward and I just think they're, they're hot. They're on a roll right now. I just think, I think they get them close. they need to be very close, but I think they think they get them at the end.
2: Hmm. See, I'm so on the fence on this because I'm looking at the schedule right now. So Miami, they have Denver Jets and Bengals, which should be easy wins. Then they got the Raiders and Pats, and I'd say they're 50 50 games. And then your harder games are Buffalo and Kansas City. So I've got kind of the Pats going six ten and six. Um, potentially eleven and five. Uh, and I've got Buffalo going twelve and four because they got the Chargers, San Fran and Denver. Then they've got New England and Miami, which I think are still maybe 50-50 games, but I think it's probably 60-40, 65-35 um, because Bills are probably, a, I want to say more all-round, especially they've probably got a more, uh, more of an offensive presence than Miami. Miami is killing it with the defense. I'm pretty sure they're ranked six, aren't they? Or something like yeah. that, which is ridiculous but but I just think the one one game which I I can't see Buffalo winning is Pittsburgh but they I could see them potentially going 12 and 4 maybe even 13 and 3
0: yeah it's a tough one I think that I I mean I don't know I think that obviously the Dolphins are all obviously going to lose to the Chiefs I think the Dolphins do beat the Pats just because The Pats suck. Imagine having to lose to the Pats. That would just be embarrassing. (laughs) And then (laughs) I think the Raiders, I really don't like the Raiders at all. I don't know why people even, like I get it. They beat the Chiefs once, but I'm still not very high on them. I think the Dolphins can take them out. I think that Dolphins-Bills game, last game of their schedules, is going to be huge in terms of who's going to take that division. But I think also, like you said, Dolphins don't have a lot of offense, but with a young quarterback like Tua, surely all you need is time, right? And do you think that by the end of the season it's all going to click or do we think he's going to need heading into next year type thing?
1: Do you mean in regards to them being like contenders this year or do you just mean winning the division?
0: It, winning the division in terms of because obviously the, the offense lacks so much more in comparison to their defense. Do you yeah. think Tua uh, through these last you know, six, seven games will be able to reach a level where they are genuinely competitive in this divi- well, in this division, but also into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, well, obviously I do because I picked him. Like he's thrown 520 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, and three zero as a starter. And mm. as far as you know, riding that defense to win the playoffs, like as far as like he's come into the league as a game manager, like a very good one. Mm. That's his. That's his. You know, his floor. So he's only going to get better from what we've seen. And if this is the worst, it's going to get. If uh, you assume he's only going to get better. So I think there's a very good case to say. I think it's a very good case to say that it's going to come down to that Miami-Buffalo game later in the year yeah. for the division.
2: Mm. And, I mean, look, I see a lot of similarities between Tua's first year and Russell Wilson's first year oh my God. Um, in the sense that both, both have really good um, defences and they really are there to game manage and make sure that you know, they don't turn the ball over and, and they drive up the field. I mean, they both came from, even at college, very similar programs, both kind of rush first and defensive programs which have kind of i guess translated into the NFL with um we with Miami kind of i guess in essence promoting the rush more than the pass but i think i think they're a wild card team but i just don't think they're going to win the division i don't think the bills are going to give them that kind of breathing room
0: no it's 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 going to be a close division at the top um i think we can all well and truly agree that the pats are out of it, even though they did beat the Ravens. Um, and, and obviously the Jets suck. I mean, we look at that as a division, and it's pretty easy as a top two. But another division that also had very interesting results from this weekend is the NFC West, Tim, your division. Mm-hmm. Now, it's go- looking like it's going to be the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Rams as you know vying for this top position in the division, which is going to be really key for them. What do you see happening in that, in your division?
2: To be honest, I really don't know because we've got three teams that are capable of winning. I mean, you've got the Cardinals who have showed some extreme, like extremely high highs, but also quite low lows. So they're a bit inconsistent, but I mean, they, they've got only really four tough games remaining and they're, you know, against the Hawks again, which they beat. So that's kind of on the plus. Um, They've got the Rams who have shown this season. So the Rams twice who have shown the season, especially their defense is nothing to be messed with. And then that's really, that's really it. Um, I mean, the Pats could be a tough game, especially with Bill Belichick and his record against um, young quarterbacks. But I think the, the the Cardinals are up there. I mean, they're eighth in total defense, ninth in scoring defense, the first in total yards. But the Rams, I think, are the top team in the league. Uh, it's not t- team in the league, t- team in the NFC West. Um, I mean, they're second in total off- uh, defense, third in passing defense, fifth in rushing defense. I mean, they're second in scoring defense. They're eleventh in passing yards and eighth in rushing, with se- uh, and being seventh in total yards. They've got five tough games remaining, but they're probably the most complete team in the NFC West. I mean, Seattle—they've only got really two hard games, which are against the uh, which are against the Rams and the Cardinals, and the rest are pretty pretty easy so based on the schedule which is the easiest in the league going forward Seattle might be able to get it off record but if it's a tie um at the end of the season I mean the Rams and Cardinals are most likely going to be those two teams fighting for the first place
1: yeah what do you think I was reasonably similar I don't think the Cardinals will just because I I haven't seen them win games when things don't go their way and they aren't looking amazing which I'm not saying that they can't win when, you know, they've got to win ugly, but they haven't seen it yet. It's a big call to say that they're going to jump the Rams and the Seahawks. And like Tim said, I think the Rams do have the best roster when everyone is available that they lack depth in a few positions, but when they've got all their main guys, they're definitely the best team from top to bottom. Um, they've also clearly got the best defense in the division, um, but Seattle has Russell Wilson. So you're pretty much weighing up a, the best team versus the clearly the best quarterback, and, like, if I had to put money on it, I'd probably put, pick the Rams just because I think there's less um, unknown about it just because Seattle's, Seattle's so reliant on Russell Wilson that you just need him to be such a killer to get a win and it's so much pressure to put on one person so it's a safer pick with the Rams, but it's 50-50. It'd be tough to make a decision between those two.
0: It's, it just looks ugly, but I think um, I'm in the camp that I don't think – that the Seahawks can ride Russell Wilson all the way to a division win. I think that they, they'll they hang around and they can get into that wild card scene as we have that extra wild card spot now. And, you know, there aren't really that many teams that will be competing for it. Um, I really don't want to be blinded by my bias and love for <laughs> the Cardinals here. But I feel it just feels like the, the longer that Kyler Murray has in this offense and the longer that he has with D Hop. Like it just gets better and better. Like we saw this week against the Bills, he just says, "Screw it, I'm going to throw it in the end zone," and D Hop's going to be there, and he was there, you know. And you know, and I and I get it. It's it's. I'm, I'm, I love you know you say it to me all the time. I'm prisoner of the moment, but I just I would really love to see this Cards team win the division. I think that they could. I do, I don't think their schedule is too unkind to them, considering they have you know Pats, Eagles, and Giants as part of their upcoming schedule in comparison to what the Rams have. I, 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 I like them. I just like them. I don't know. I, it's my bias. You know what? It's my bias. I like them. I, I think I'm going to take the Cardinals. Yeah.
1: Well, with the Cardinals, the, the other thing is their last three games, they've won by three or less points, including overtime against the Seahawks. So, like, they could easily beat three and six. Like, and I think mm-hmm. that, my like, my point is, and that's them playing really well, which is not a discredit to them. Obviously, it's amazing they're playing so well, but can they beat teams not playing as well, like not playing to their capabilities. Like you even look at like the Packers are a decent example of the way that like they played horribly against the Jaguars. The weather was horrible. Things didn't go their way, but getting a win in the NFL is hard, especially when you don't play well. And they, that's what usually separates the, the great teams from the good teams is the ones that can win different ways. And can the Cardinals win with defense? And that's my big question mark with them.
0: Well, I think also on the whole like close games thing, like you said, the Packers are a perfect example of that last year. They were one of the teams that for a majority of their games, they were within seven points and they were only winning within seven points, which, you know, I get more than three points. I get that. But they had that similar issue of they could have gone either way, but the Packers were still a good team last year. I think a win's a win in the NFL, like you said. So you take what you can get when you have such a young quarterback in a team that's only just sort of figuring out who they are.
2: Yeah. yeah, and this is, and it's no knock on the Cardinals to say that you know it, it would be a failure to not come out of the NFC West either as a wild card or um, champions because realistically they're a year ahead of schedule. More than, I mean, yeah, more
1: than a more than a year, I reckon.
2: Yeah, I mean, like they've got they've got a solid defense. I mean, Patrick Peterson's probably getting a little a little long uh, on the tooth, so he may he has actually suggested that he may go safety. So, kind of, you know, lower the one-on-one workload, but be more of a field general. Uh, but, you know, you've accelerated the process because you've got D-Hob, who is a top three, if not viable option for number one receiver in the in the league. Oof. You've got um, Kirk, who is running, you know, his routes really well, and he's progressing really well. Um, you know, their their running game is... I, I don't want to say... It's not superior to necessarily some of those teams like the like the Ravens but the they've got a lot of they've got a really good balance between their rush and the pass but my my thing goes back to the shootouts it's so hard to win consistently when it's a shootout and that's that's what Seattle's faced Um, and yes the Cardinals defense is there but there are definitely flaws in it and good Good coaching staff are going to find those flaws and pick it apart. So I think when you've got LA and you've got Seattle, not that I'd probably be favoring again LA more than Seattle at the moment. Um, I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. But then again, I didn't see them, I didn't see them, you know, going on this massive run this year. So who knows?
0: It, but do you feel like if you're, you know, the Rams, Seahawks, and the Cardinals, do you feel like this almost is. A really important year because of the fact that the 49ers are so injured that this is a year where you're kind of getting those two games back where as if the, if the 49ers weren't as injured as they are, you're, those are probably really contentious games and the 49ers could be top of the division. So do you feel like there's an added pressure of okay one of the one of the teams in our division has gone down, we need to make this work this year
2: I don't think so. I think I think there is it's probably in the back of the mind. And even, even a, health, like a, a healthy 49 is, is a brilliant team, and, and it shows because they made the, the Super Bowl last year. But quarterback is a big, big deal breaker in the, in the NFL, and yeah. I've got Jimmy G ranked as fourth. I mean, I think, I think based on what I've seen from the other three quarterbacks in Jared Goff, Kyle Amara, and Russell Wilson, I've got Jimmy G fourth, and I think next year the Cardinals are going to take an even bigger step up. Um, I think realistically, if I'm doing my two early power power rankings, I've got almost the Cardinals at one because I don't know how many people from LA stay, especially because of the cap and the cap hit that the NFL will take next year because of this whole coronavirus. Um, I think I've got, yeah, sorry, Cardinals at one, LA slash 49ers at two and three. And then I think I got Seattle at four because I just don't see unless we do something drastically with our defence, a, a team that's gonna compete week out and week in and week out. So I think I think yes, in, in in essence, there is a need to be a little bit well, not cautious at all, but kind of have that that feeling of okay, it's a three three headed horse or a three three leg race. Whereas next okay. year Yeah, next year it's gonna be four people
0: and Mankin, do you think that there's a world where one of these teams falls out of wild card contention or are these three teams you think going forward locks for that that seventh wild card spot
1: no well, I was going to say that when you asked the other question it's I think it matters less winning the division this year is because because you're getting those two basically those two wins back with the 49ers it, it means these all these three teams are in contention to be in the be, uh, vie for a wildcard spot but next year's gonna be a lot harder if the 49ers are back to where they were because suddenly you're versing you know the seahawks if you're the cards you're versing the seahawks the rams and the 49ers twice so it's gonna be a lot harder to get those mm. 9 10 wins so i would if i had to put i would imagine these all three of those teams make the playoffs i think they all go 9 and 7 which should be enough to get that last spot and
0: what and so is your order for you know Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks. Does it go Rams one, Cards two, Seahawks three, or what do you have for
1: this year? Rams. No, I would go Rams one, Seahawks two, Cards three. Okay,
0: interesting. Tim,
2: uh, I'd go that, but I'd kind of, I, I probably back Seattle coming out more. I don't know why. It's just something about. It. But, but on paper, definitely. Well, on paper, it's actually I'd say Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks. But yeah, I agree with Zach at the moment. Um, in form. We got LA, Seattle, Cardinals, and then Seattle and Cardinals are quite close. I think there's quite a big gap between LA and the rest. It's just you, Ben.
0: Yeah. It's just you who thinks it's- the Cardinals are coming out. <laughs> I just, I just like the Cardinals. I think that's all that it is. But I think, yeah, I think I'm willing to concede. I'm willing to concede that it's Rams and, and Cards is my top two. I, I just think that what I've seen in recent form from Russell Wilson has been so dejecting and like. I think it's going to be a third-place finish for them in terms of that division.
2: The other good thing is there's going to be an extra team in the playoffs this year. So it's that kind of, you know, that 6-3 that and three record and more likely or not, every team in that division will have at least 10 wins. There's probably going to be a place in there four or three of them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we may be arguing about something that is completely irrelevant because the chances are these three teams are good enough to be in the playoffs anyway.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you look at it, the other, t- other wildcard team is going to be the Bucs. And then you're, you're, you're either hoping that the Vikings or the Bears get <laughs> into the playoffs. Otherwise, it's three NFC West teams because no one from the NFC East is going to get in there at all. So, no. yeah. Mm.
2: Tough. Beautiful. A lot of, we spoke about a lot of teams. Um, and a lot of those teams are playing next week. So, shall we move on to our top five games of the week next week?
1: God, you're good. God, you good.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. It took me um, a second and then I thought, no, I got it.
1: Nailed it. Look, so a couple of weeks ago we said we are going to start counting and we all thought this would be a time for all of us to show our prowess, prowess in picking games. Last week was a tough week for the group. Um, still currently looking at I'm five from nine, Teams three from nine and Ben is two for nine. But hey, like we said last week, long week, long season. Sorry, it is. A,
0: it's a long season, man. You just I think that there's room for improvement.
1: You just never know. Um, <laughs> so we're all expecting five for five this week. I'll kick us off in the fashion of the NFC West, where we've got Seahawks versus the Cardinals. Um, big game. Seattle are three and a half point favorites, and I'm going to take the minus three and a half with Seattle, because like we were just talking about, I just think Russell Wilson's. Too experienced, too good to let us such a big game, especially coming off a couple of losses, let it slip. They're back in, um, they're back home, Seattle, and Russell Wilson has one of the best passer ratings by QB at home of 126.2, which is compared to 98 on the road. So I think he's going to ball out. And I just think, like we again talked about, Card's had a lot of close games. I just think at some point the magic has to run out, especially with a young quarterback. Defense showing holes, which I'm assuming Russ is going to light up. So I'm going to take Seattle minus three and a half.
2: I'm actually going to go jump on Tweet Tweet Nation. I think I'm going to go <sighs> three and a half because I actually think Seattle may win this, but I think they're going to win it like by a field goal, like by one or two, maybe even three. But um, yeah, so I'm going to go Cards three and a half. I mean, do you really need to ask me who I'm going
0: to be picking in this game? Is that really a question? I think we know it's Tweet Tweet Nation. That's, what, that's what's going yeah, on here. Maybe. I mean... Like you said, Tim, I think it's going to be really close. Um, you, Russell Wilson's going to light up that defense. Well, that means Kyler Murray's going to have a field day against that Seahawks defense. Um, I think it will be close either way, no matter who wins. So that's why I got the cards. <sighs> I try my best to help you guys, but there are just some things
1: I can't fix. <laughs> there are just some things even I can't fix. We'll see how that one plays out. We'll move on to tough one for me. Tough one for me. Ravens and the Titans.
0: Um, Whoop, <laughs> King Henry. <laughs> He's back. Daddy's home. <laughs> Daddy is home. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> What's the line? What is the line on this one? <sighs> I, should, I should, we should have skipped this one. Um,
1: <laughs> Ravens are six and a half point favorites.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: and I have taken the Titans plus six and a half. Good man because
0: Good man. this
1: is gonna be really tough for me to say, but Titans are coming off ten day break, um so they're getting a basically they're getting a free bye week just from the way they played Thursday night to playing Monday night um Raven's rush defense has been great, giving up four and a half yards per carry, and now they're going against King Henry, so if they average four and a half yards against average you know the average running back, I can only imagine <laughs> what I'm gonna to have to watch again on Monday King so Henry. I think the six and a half line is completely disrespectful to the Titans even though they haven't looked great the last few games and we have an offense that can't score more than 20 points so the fact <laughs> that they think we're gonna that would imply that the Titans are, Titans aren't gonna make it to about 13 points if we can't score more than 20 so I think
0: that's a bit ridiculous Oof. so I have the Titans plus six and a half yep I mean like I said before King Henry daddy's home I mean King Henry's gonna go to town the Titans Six and a half is disrespectful, so Titans six and a half. That's an easy pick.
2: Yeah, way too many points. I still think the Ravens probably will win this game, but I don't think they win by more than... I don't think they win by seven.
1: Yeah, I agree. Let's move on from that one swiftly. <laughs> uh, next, we've got the Indianapolis Colts v. the Packers with the Colts as two and a half point favorites, which...
2: No looked- freaking way.
1: They obviously haven't listened to our podcast, where so we told everyone that the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> are overrated. Obviously, no one's listening. Uh, uh,
2: uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You told them. I never said it. I disagree with that point.
1: Like I said, we said, because <laughs> we're a team, because <laughs> we're a team here, oh said God. the Indianapolis Colts are overrated, and the disrespect being shown to to the current second-place runner for the MVP, Aaron Rodgers, is ridiculous. I'm taking Packers plus two and a half. Um Look, Colts are limited. Old man They only will go as far as Old Man Phil can take them. And Old Man Phil is very inconsistent. And I think the Jags game for the Packers, a bit of an anomaly, horrible weather. Didn't feel close at all the game. I don't know how the Jags stayed in it. So I think the Packers are a better team. I'm taking Packers plus two and a half.
0: I'm going to take Packers as well. Um, old Man Rivers has probably had a hard week with his 14 kids or whatever it was. Probably going to be a bit tired hitting in this game. Aaron Rodgers is going to be angry. It's it's a perfect storm, I think. Aaron Rodgers, Packers two and a half.
2: Uh, I've I I do agree with the Packers two and a half. I don't think they've been looking that good recently because you know they, they did have that tough game against the the Jags, but they also lost to the in form Vikings. So I, I think it's going to be close, but I, I just don't think. I think anytime you take Aaron Rodgers coming off a tight game and the points you take. That bad man. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah. We've got, yeah. got Two that we've all agreed on. So let's keep this form going. we got the... Oh, there's no way anyone agrees with me for this. Oh, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the LA Rams oh. with the Bucs as three and a half point favourites. And I'm taking Ooh. the over with the Rams with the three and a half points, which wasn't an easy decision because obviously the Bucs have the highest point differential in the league. So when they beat teams... They seem to beat them by a significant margin. And obviously we saw them this week killing the Panthers. And that offense right now is absolutely revolting with Antonio Brown, Godwin, and the rest of the boys back there. It's it's tough to be a defense against the Buccaneers. But I'm banking on the fact that great coaches always take advantage of buyers. So, and I think that's going to help the Rams. I think the Rams are rolling. I think every game means more for the Rams, just with the fact that they're in the tough division. And that's where my head was at. So I'm going to take Rams plus three and a half.
2: We have seen what happens when Tom Brady gets rushed. And is there a better rusher of the of the quarterback, my apologies, than Aaron Donald. So I think with that defense and I guess LA's all-round ability, I'm going to take the Rams at plus three and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to take the Rams as well. Um, Just because I think... Aaron Donald's just too disgusting to bet against. And I think it's a more... I don't know. I think it's a safe bet. Three and a half is not a lot of points. So, yeah. I'm gonna take the Rams. God,
1: look it up, though. Eh? With three from three. God, we Um, Finish off with the big one. We haven't had take Bowl last week. No games fell our way. But never no, fear, it. we're back. Washington football team versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Big week. <sighs> and to... to uh... You know, because it's a big week. FanDuel's given us a tight one one and a half points is the line. Washington one and a half point favorites, and I am going to take the football team at minus one and a half because Alex Smith looked damn good as far as any quarterback can for the football team, and they've got a good pass rush. And the Bengals suck at the end of the day. So, and I think Washington are never out of their own division race. That's just the nature of the NFC East. So, I just think for them, they've always got something to play for. But for the Bengals. They're really just they really just there to, you know, finish the season at this point. So I'm gonna take Washington at minus one and a half.
2: I agree. I'm I'm fully on to that. I think Washington, although a second half team, are just better all around than the older the Bengals. So can't agree more, Zach. But Joe
0: Joe's a winner, man. Joe is a winner Joe's a, winner. Um, Joe's, Joe's a damn winner so I'm going to take I'm going to take Joe also because I don't think Alex Smith is going to have the capabilities on his legs to have two amazing games so I'm going to take Ben I'm going to take, take, take the Bengals Oh plus one my
1: god show some show some respect <laughs> We look we could come down to Ben is going to be even further behind as he's the only one with He's got two different ones compared to the rest of us this week, but we'll see how that one plays out. So NBA has currently been stealing the NFL's thunder with free agency finally opening up on Monday. And gentlemen, some big moves, some big money dollar, dollar moves have already been made um, all around the league. I guess we'll start for my, look, start with my opinion for the biggest one. And I think most people agree. Drew Holiday is officially a Buck. Oof, unbelievable! I believe it was three three first rounders and two future pick swaps as a, for Drew Holiday. Which, look, for me personally, I love it for both sides. Just because I think the Bucks are desperate. Bucks need to make moves to keep Giannis. Because at the end of the day, those picks are not their biggest asset. Giannis is. And they've got a legit big three, I guess, now uh, with Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. And look, for the Pels as well, they're set for the next seven years with all their damn picks. It's unbelievable <laughs> what they've done. Um, and yeah, Bucks had to do it, in my opinion. Bucks had to make the move, they had to go all in, and I love it.
0: I think it's a good move in terms of on the defensive end. Obviously, everybody knows how good Drew Holiday is on defense, and he's a solid offensive player. I just don't know whether, you know, whether he brings that shot creation that you might want from your guard. Because at the moment, you have Chris Middleton, who I get it—the man can score, but like, I don't want him as my shot creator. And when Giannis goes down, because it's inevitable, it's inevitable that he probably will. Um, I don't know whether he brings the same amount. Of oomph that you could have gotten from a player like Chris Paul as an option.
2: Yeah, I mean Chris Paul was probably the premier or the number one target for Milwaukee, but I do like Drew Holiday. Um, he addresses the need for for shooting. I mean he's a pre, he's a premier defender and a pretty decent two way guard. I think Dame Lillard Damian Lillard once said that Drew Holiday was the best defender in the league or the best he's faced this year, um, which is quite a high praise considering Dame Dollar is. A baller. But yeah, uh, I agree. I think Drew fits really well. I think it's an upgrade on Uh, Bledslow. uh And I, I like him on that team, but I, I tend to agree with you, Ben. There's not that second scorer or second probably shot creator, creator, um, especially if Giannis goes down.
0: And also, um, they also added, obviously, Bojan Bogdanovic, oh, sorry, Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Sacramento Kings. Mankin, you seemed pretty high on that trade for the Bucs. God, do I love some Bogdan Bogdanovich. Oh, <laughs> my
1: word. For all the white people out there, we all have hope. I love him. I just think he's underrated just because of the fact the poor kid's played for the Sacramento Kings for the first three years of his career. But mm. he's good. He's good. And he's, I, I just think I can just see it at the end of the game. The thing with him, I just think he fits that at the end of the game. I'm not saying he's the best option in the league for shot creating at the end of the game. But considering the Bucks have everything else, I can just see how it would work at the end of the game with Drew Holiday, Middleton, and Bogdanovich, and Giannis, at, you know, closing out games. And they haven't, instead of picking just one person to be their field general at the end, like going for Chris Paul, they've gone the other way, which is probably their best option with the options they had, which is they've got three guys, not including Giannis, who can, you know, make a get a shot at the end of the game. So one of them's going to have a mismatch at the end, which unlike last year, where it was basically Chris Middleton, who was up against a premier defender, Chris Middleton's just not good <laughs> enough to no. score. And Giannis can't do anything outside six feet of the basket at the end of a game. So it was down to Chris Middleton and that didn't end well. So I think having Drew Holiday and bogey, look, oh, Bucks are my official lock it in, take it to the bank. Favorites of the East. Even more. But, than I mean, out. is that,
0: is that really a big call considering they won the East this year? Look,
1: don't don't steal my thunder. I'm just just making a point. I'm just making a point. I mean, you've just you've just
0: picked the same team to repeat. This like what they well, did. Well, they haven't actually they haven't
1: actually made it out of the east yet. So I'm picking them to make it out of the east. Oh, make it out of the east. Bucks going to the even bottom. even nope.
2: with the, even with all the uh, the talk about oh my god, bro. Team Harden cup team
1: cup team cupcake ain't winning a damn thing next year. In the playoffs. I don't care if they're, they're not Man. getting James Harden. Well I said this to you guys today. They are not getting James Harden. It's not happening. Did we
0: see did we see that James Harden turned down the Supermax extension?
2: And I think more importantly, Ben, did we see James Harden on his Instagram take off the cap?
1: Yeah, but that was to show that it is cap because he, he he zoomed in to the bottle cap to show that it was cap.
2: And, but he took it off, so no cap. No, but
1: he pointed the fo- he pointed the camera at the cap. He sh- if he was showing no cap, he would have put the video up against the bottle with no cap. Think about it. Oh my god! Read between the lines. Read, uh, read.
0: Man, I don't know. Read between the lines. If I'm if I'm in, if I'm in Houston, I don't want to be there anymore, man. Russell Westbrook doesn't want to be there because he knows something's up, and so does James Harding. There's no future in that team. That's man. fine,
1: but the. I'm sorry. What trade can Brooklyn provide that the Houston Rockets would go? Yeah, that's fair for a top five
0: player and a one well, of the best scorers we've Houston, had since Jordan. It's it's that, or you let him play out the remainder of his contract. Nothing goes anywhere, and then you lose him for nothing.
2: I think. Yeah. I mean, you got to I mean, you got to trade him now because he's he's at his peak. Value, value is so high. No, yeah. but
0: Brooklyn have so much leverage right now
1: over the Rockets with Harden because it's all coming out that he wants to go there. So they're just going to strangle them. I don't think Brooklyn are going to offer a fair deal because I don't think they can actually get a trade that would be fair.
0: And not- Yeah, but the longer you wait, the worse it gets, though. Yeah. Because what, what they're feeling right now with, the, with Brooklyn obviously not being able to give them a fair deal, that's only going to get worse as you know, months or even years go by. Because it, if you think that right now the rumors are bad, can you imagine into the season when they start losing?
2: And what happens, what happens if he takes the same route as Kawhi and sits?
0: There's way too much player empowerment going on right now.
1: If, <laughs> if, the Rocket, if the Rockets actually trade James Harden to the Nets just because he asked nicely, I'm sorry, what kind of state is that? Because that's pretty much saying to any team trying to build something is at any moment, your best player could walk into the room and say, I want to go to this team specifically, make it happen, shuts the door. I just don't think...
0: Yeah, but that's, but that's also relying on a team like the Rockets who haven't managed having James Harden very well. Okay, they've given you know? they've
1: given they've given him a bit of
0: help. They got they they should have beaten the Warriors in that
1: twenty eighteen series. Like they were very close.
0: Yeah, they should have let them down. The lack of did. depth, you know, overpaying players and having lack of depth. He better not go to Brooklyn. I don't say it.
2: So you don't Mankin, do you think he gets moved at all?
1: No. I don't think he gets moved this year. Why? Because
2: they're just losing I value.
1: I just don't say it. I do not see it. I could see him going. Maybe okay. I could. I could see him going maybe halfway through the year, but I don't see. I don't see it. I just don't see anyone right now in the position to make a trade that would
0: be good. Of course, nobody's got. Of course, nobody's got assets. It's James freaking Harden. Yeah. Nobody's I'm... gonna have any. Nobody's gonna have the. Just like nobody thought anyone would have the assets for Kawhi Leonard. Like, hmm. okay, but what, I like. What are we talking about? But I think that
1: because it's James Harden, I think his value in the free market isn't going to go away. Like if if anything, it's going to get, it's going to get better through the season because teams are going to actually know where they are right now. At this point of the year, everyone thinks they're a contender. Even if you suck, every single front office thinks their team can make noise, right? I promise you the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knicks. There are people in those front offices that think they're going to make the playoffs. All right. Come on. Mate. That happens yeah. every year. I'm just saying. I know the Knicks are that dumb. The Bulls can't be that well, dumb. Well, we're man. actually going to sign Westbrook and make the finals. So that's a bit different. But, <laughs> but my point is like halfway through the year, those teams that think they were good and realize that they suck are going to know they suck. And there's going to be, the, clearly there's going to be the teams that know that they're short or they need some big move. And that's where Harden's value is going to go up because suddenly teams become desperate right now. Teams aren't desperate for James Harden. If you're the Rockets, hold on for it. Hold on to him. Because this is your ticket to make sure you don't suck for the next seven years. Because of the situation they put yourselves in, so don't get forced. Don't let Brooklyn force your hand. Because James Harden wants it. That's my. That's my
0: hot take. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's it's something that you know that happens. It happens with stars all the time. That we always hear that they're disgruntled. And I think when you look at the recent years, when you look at players like Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you just sort of think that these things become inevitable. so I, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this James Harden one plays out, yeah, but I think we let's move on to one of this not a big I mean, I think this is a pretty good trade for the Lakers picking up Dennis Schroeder. Mm. What do we think what do we think about the Lakers and adding him as a weapon, Tim?
2: I love it. I actually really, really like it. I think I mean, last year he had probably his best season of his career. He was second in six man uh, voting. I mean, He's the thing I love is he started playing defense. Like he's 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 a great scorer. He can get his own. He can he can shoot off the dribble. But he's also committing to the team and I think him with the motivation that he can be that that push for the Lakers to repeat. I think it's a great trade. I think it's definitely a um a step up from Danny Green. And I don't think they give up too much to get him. I think it. I think it's good. I, I really like this trade.
0: And with that trade happening, it obviously has ramifications for other players on the team. We see players like KCP didn't resign or didn't take his player option with the Lakers. Obviously, Rondo is a free agent. If you're those two players, are you thinking that I don't want to come back because I know that Dennis Schroeder is going to take the ball off me because I know that he's going to be one of those main ball handlers for the Lakers?
2: I think I don't think Rondo does. You don't think Rondo leaves? Oh, I mean, I think he. I think he. He's probably going to get a more enticing offer from the Clippers. Mm. Um. Uh, KCP could be because I don't know if then KCP gets kicked out of the starting lineup. I don't know really. Not. I don't really know what happens there. I don't know if Schroeder comes off the bench. Um. I think Schroeder's probably got it in his mind that he's going to be a starting uh, player yep. on that team. Uh. But yeah, no. Uh. The ramifications would be interesting to, to kind of progress
1: yeah I thought because Dennis is going to the Lakers that kind of signal to me my guess was that Rondo wasn't going to resign I think that yeah. I think that decision was made before the trade because I think at that point they probably looked elsewhere um, regarding KCP I think the Lakers are going to be forced to pay KCP a they're going to have to overpay for KCP because he's going to ask for it and the Lakers aren't really in a position to say no because they need him and I guess for them, long-term contracts aren't going to matter. They're just going to try and maximize their window of opportunity now. So I think they KCP stays, but I think he gets a he gets a bag. He gets he's he's going to be one of those contracts that we're going to look at in three years and go, wow,
0: he just ripped off daylight robbery with the Los Angeles Lakers. Unbelievable. And but I don't know. I don't I don't see his worth really. I get like I get it down the stretch. He may have had like he had like a couple okay moments in that final series, but. I don't know. There are some nice players, nice role players in the free agent market at the moment that I think if you're the but, Lakers, you can take that money and put it elsewhere. But do you, take, mm-hmm. do
1: you take the risk when you've got a guy there that you know fits and you know can do the job? Or go into the free Probably. market and find out you miss out on your top guy and then get a guy that's not as good as KCP when he was sitting there for you?
0: But mm-hmm. I think if, if you're any player, like, why wouldn't you want to go win a chip? Like, <laughs> playing with, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis... Who've now just added another good ball handler. If you're a role player and you're thinking, I really, I really, I'm a win first kind of guy right now, why not take, you know, maybe even a pay cut for the next two years for the chance to win a chip? Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. this is the closest you're going to get to a finals appearance if if you're a free agent role player.
1: But I don't think the Lakers would have the cap room to sign a free agent even without KCP. Because don't you? Because KCP's been on the team, they can pay him more than they could pay a guy from the free market now. Yeah. yeah, so KCP is gonna have all that leverage, and he know he Rich Paul damn well knows that. So he's gonna
0: rich damn Rich
2: Paul. He's gonna oh, get that. No, but the other I thing bet. for
1: the Lakers is that mid level exception of theirs. I think Dwight's probably gonna want it, and I don't think the Lakers are gonna want to give it to him because I'm probably think, I'm assuming that the Lakers want to go out and get someone like a Serge Ibaka, try and get yeah. someone try and get an upgrade. Even though the Lakers would love to have Dwight Howard back, so I'm assuming they're gonna lose Dwight. And I think we're going to see the Lakers. I don't think they actually move Kuzma. I think the only move we see them make again now is like big move is with that mid-level exception, hopefully getting a Serge Barker who said he's willing to take
0: less money to be on a contender. (sighs) I mean, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Another big one. And I think this was an interesting trade coming out because this was the big name for this free agency. Sorry, not free agency. This trade period is Chris Paul. Chris Paul is now in Phoenix, you know, Phoenix giving up a first Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre. I mean, that's, that's quite a sizable package for an aging Chris Paul on a one-year deal.
2: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I think Chris Paul is one of those players who are really going to be able to help help out Devin Booker and and mainly because he he becomes the primary ball handler and, and a secondary scorer. But also I feel like he brings that win now kind of mentality and I know you may think okay but if they win now what are they like a at best a sixth seed. I think it gives Devin Booker that that kind of feeling of what it like it gives him the feeling of what it feels like to win and maybe that convinces Devin Booker to stay in Phoenix for a prolonged period of time because he he might trust the process a little bit more and also I think he works really well with DeAndre Aiden in that pick and roll offense so I quite like Chris Paul I mean look I think Thunder may have won the trade mainly because of how much they get like how much they they got rid of in terms of the contract that 44.2 million dollar contract next season is going to be massive especially for Chris Paul who is i think coming on 37 okay. but they get like you say Kelly Oubre Jr and they get Ricky Rubio who can produce now and can be used as trade capital later <laughs> they yeah. have, they've got 17 first round picks as well man sam oh. presti is an absolute sam first round picks. oh my he god is
0: playing nba 2k my league in real life that man is hoarding <laughs> picks i mean ricky rubio and kelly That i think they're worth first round picks in themselves like man that man is playing chess and the whole league is just playing checkers holy moly i love him.
1: But no, CP, I agree with everything Tim said. I think for the Suns, great move because a lot of these crappy organizations when they've got these, when they get lucky in the draft and they've got these superstars, never understand that these, all these guys want to do is make the playoffs. And if you don't make the playoffs, they're not going to want to stay. And I think having someone like a CP3 gives Devin Booker and Aiton, like, you know, it shows them that, yeah, I'm in Phoenix, but we can still make noise and we can still win a championship. I think just having playoff experience for those guys, is going to be huge for Devin Booker who probably at this point is thinking, what the hell am I doing in Phoenix? So that's big. For CP3, it's a little bit bittersweet because obviously we all want to see CP3 win a chip. And is he going to win one well with Phoenix? Hell no. So that's, that's disappointing. But for the Suns, I think they're pretty happy.
0: Yeah, it's a shame for Chris Paul. It would have been really interesting to see him on a team like the Bucks. Um, I think he really could have been an asset. But... It will be interesting to see how he gels with Devin Booker because obviously Devin Booker gets the majority of his stats because he is the offense in Phoenix. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how much he takes away um, from Devin Booker because Chris Paul is best when he has the ball in his hand. Yeah. Do we think that Phoenix is going to make the playoffs with this move? I can see it. Because obviously from the playoffs this year, you take out OKC, but you also have to plug back in the Warriors.
2: Oh, yeah. the bloody! We boys. forget about that. Oh, hold the on.
0: damn Warriors. I'll go through.
1: Damn. I'll go. Th- let's go through the West and see if there's anyone that we genuinely think they're going to be better than. If you start from the top, obviously you're going to have the Lakers going to be better. The Clippers will be better. Denver will be better. Houston currently mm. constructed will be better, but we don't know what's happening with Houston. The OKC will fall out of the playoffs, and then obviously now we've got Portland coming out. This is. They're going to be in the hunt. They're going to be in that, you know, seven downwards, for yeah. my opinion. And then,
0: I mean, you even have like a, a team like the Grizzlies, who were obviously in the play-in game um, this year. Mm. I'm,
1: I'm a huge, I'm a huge sell on the
0: Grizzlies. I mean, you then also, I mean, I don't oh, want to be, dad, I don't want to be please. that guy, but you also have Zion on the Pelicans. I was
2: about to say that. Yeah, I think yeah, they, they make make a make a bit of a run. Try to get JJ Reddick <sighs> back in the playoffs.
1: And you got the T Wolves, who now have. No, you did not
0: just say the T-Wolves.
2: Yeah, but we I'm don't just, know what they're going to do. I did not just say the <laughs> I'm just T-wolves. saying, they're going to have the number oh my one pick.
1: Oh, God, man. You said the Grizzlies. The do you genuinely think the Grizzlies are going to make the playoffs?
0: Better oh, chance than the Timberwolves. Come on, man, kid. We'll we bet talking with you about, right now buddy? the
1: Timberwolves finish higher than the Grizzlies. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. How much do you want to put on it?
0: I don't know. Do you have a mortgage yet? <laughs> I'll put 20 bucks on it right now that the Grizzlies will finish higher than the Timberwolves. Done.
2: Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, That's... what have we witnessed?
0: So that, that is going to be the first easiest 20 bucks I've ever first made.
2: First bet of the 2020 to 2021 NBA season. Wow.
0: There's
1: gonna be so many. I'm gonna be in so much damn debt. <laughs> Jokes, I'm gonna win 20 on the draft on Thursday, so.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah, you bloody wish.
2: Oh yeah. You've anyway, got Utah and Dallas coming up.
1: Dallas will be way better, you assume. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I think I think they're in that seven to ten range. But now they've got this play in rule. Yeah. Isn't that play in rule now a, a real thing going forward? So every year there's yes, gonna be the play in Yes, So I could see them being that playing team.
0: Ugh. Which even still, what's the point of rocking up if you're just gonna get beaten in the first round? Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's not much to play I mean, for, i be honest. It's not much to play not for. Not
0: much to play for. What are you playing in for? like?
1: Unless the organisation offers some serious bonuses for making the playoffs. I really don't see the mm. the point. The benefit.
0: Yeah. Uh, it is what it is.
1: Well, I think the next trade that caught my eye today was Covington to the Blazers, which doesn't sound like much, but the Blazers <laughs> gave up two first-round picks for Robert Covington. Ugh. I think at this point, I just have to... What are you doing that? What are you doing out there up there in Portland two first round know he's, uh, he's good, don't get me wrong, but God, two first round
0: picks for Robert covington i mean mm. in, the, in the 2020 pick is the sixteenth pick in the draft, and also they gave away one of the prize twenty twenty one draft picks twenty twenty one draft is a really deep class, and people don't want to trade out of it, but for some reason, Portland have decided to trade out of it. I do not understand the logic behind that for a mediocre Robert covington
2: mm. Do you reckon there's that win now kind of mindset?
1: Yeah, well, it hopes even so. though I
2: don't think I don't think that changes much.
1: <laughs> they go from an eight seed to an eight seed. That be? <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll be higher than that. But like, yeah, they're in. They've been forced into the position where they have to win now, just because of the way they're constructed. Even though they're definitely yeah. not a team that can win now, and now they're not a team that can win in the future. So, <laughs> 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 gotta put bad for Dave Dollar up there. They should have. Passed, it's, it's if you are going to do anything, package, get rid of, you know, try and move. Like I'd go, like move CJ McCollum, Zach Collins, yeah. and those two, and those two picks, and just try and make a move and try and create a big three with Dame Lillard, whoever you can get in that trade, and Nurkic. Why am I not? A, why am I not a GM? Go
0: Why? Why are you not running the Portland trade? It'd just be right so now. easy.
2: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. You know, on this podcast, we we hit the hard topics, we cover the hard news, and this could be the hardest of them all. On one side, we have Ben Gray, a a devoted Chicago Bulls fan, and more so, a devoted D. Rose fan. And on the other side, we've got Zachary Mankin, who doesn't believe that Derrick Rose should even be considered or go into the Hall of Fame. You've heard of the big fights. You've heard of Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazer. And now we've got Benjamin Gray versus Zachary Mankin, D. Rose, Hall of Fame or not, go.
1: I don't think the people realize how long we have
0: bickered about this. Oh, gosh. It is, it is the plague of my existence having to have this argument every time I see Mankin. It really is.
2: Now I'll be acting. I'll be acting as a referee. I'll be impartial. I will pick a winner from the statistics and the arguments given to me from Ben and Zach. Now I don't know if you've chosen who who, who you want to go first. I don't know if you want me to choose. I don't know if you want to have a little bickering beforehand. But I'm gonna leave you to it.
0: Listen, uh, before we start, I just wanted to say, Tim, I think you're great. I think you're hilarious. <laughs> Um, you are one of my favourite people that I see or hear from and I really look forward to having you referee this battle, Tim.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Um, well, for both doing that, for both kissing Tim's ass, Um <laughs> all I want to say, Tim, is you know what I've always admired about you? You've always been your own, you've always run your own race and I don't think you're going to, f- you're not going to feel like necessary to pick a side based on someone coming up to you and I'm not going to name names, but someone trying to make you feel good. You're going to make decisions based on what you think's right. And I'm not even going to try and convince you right now because I back my argument and I'm not going to try and, you know, get some cheap points before we even begin.
2: I appreciate that, Zach. Uh, You are wrong. Uh, Ben is in the lead, but I'll give you the the freedom to try and change that.
1: Okay. Well, I'll go first then, Ben, considering you're ahead. Okay the Hall of Fame, for many years, no one has understood how they choose how people get in the Hall of Fame. Because it's always seemed like this very obscure list every now and then of the people that get in. And whether Ben wants to tell me it doesn't matter, the Hall of Fame bar- basketball reference created a mathematical model based on based on every single NBA player that has played at least 400 games and made the NBA Hall of Fame about how they pick people that go into the Hall of Fame. It's based on you know, where they stand in the stat leaderships for the major five stats with points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals. Um, championships comes into it. All-star selections come into it. Win shares come into it. And for me, the reason I don't think Derek Rose can make the Hall of Fame is because it is not based, it is not judged on what the person's peak was, but it's about their career accomplishments, like the whole career as a whole. And for me, you compare Derek Rose with other people who want to make the Hall of Fame and... You actually look at their total stats based on their whole career, and they're around some very mediocre names, Derek Rose. And I'll give you some examples, Ben, because there's a couple of here that even shocked me about where Derek Rose stands. I'll start off with the top. Jack Sigma. Yep, Jack Sigma, someone that is an extremely very good basketball player, but a reasonably mediocre basketball player in the Hall of Fame. Derek Rose has 11,000 total career points. Obviously, had three amazing years. Jack Sigma had 18,000. Jack Sigma, 1,000 blocks. Derek Rose, 200. Assists, 3,000. Derek Rose has less assists than the center, Jack Sigma, in his total career. And it goes on. Al Horford, who's someone that has a higher percentage of making the Hall of Fame, you go through Al Horford's total stats, it's very similar to Jack Sigma. His total stats are better than Derrick Rose and for me I just think Ben you're living in the three years that we saw of Derrick Rose where he was unbelievable but this this accomplishment for a player isn't about his peak, it's not about the fact that he won an MVP, he gets the MVP, that's, his, that's what he gets for having that great year, the Hall of Fame is what players get for the longevity of their career and how much they contributed teams across the whole longevity of their career and look I can go through more names if you want but I promise you it doesn't Read, good rating for Derek Rose because there are some mediocre players whose overall contribution to their teams over their career in basketball are
0: better than Derek Rose that's my introduction it, I, I love it <clears throat> um, I think you, you did some really cute we had some really <laughs> cute points there um, so the first thing that I would like to bring to everyone's attention is that The Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame is meant to honour those who have contributed to the game of basketball. That is why we have referees and coaches in there as well. Being the youngest MVP in the history of the NBA is a significant contribution to the game of basketball. So that's that point. I just wanted to make that. Um, I also wanted to bring up, because you did bring up that awful system of reference, which is the basketball reference one. Um, Which, just so we're clear, has people like John Wall, Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, and Clay Thompson ranked above Giannis Antetokounmpo in terms of getting into the Hall of Fame. So, I'm going to say that again. John Wall, Blake Griffin, Kyrie (laughs) Irving, and Clay Thompson apparently have a better chance of making the Hall of Fame than Giannis based on your system of measurement. Which I think we can both agree, because we're both in sound mind, is not true. So your system of reference is flawed. Can I quickly? Also, say people. Something? No, no, no. I. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I'm sorry. Also, I'm sorry. we want to talk about career stats in your basketball reference Hall of Fame. Little thingamajiggy, uh, Karl Lowry and Campbell Walker are ranked higher than Derek Rose. However, over their careers, Derek Rose has better stats than Karl Lowry and Campbell Walker. So your system of reference is obviously completely flawed due to the fact that it isn't consistent across the board. Now, you bring up the fact that Derek Rose only had a couple good years. That's true. Do you know a player called Drazen Petrovic? Because he only played four seasons of basketball in the NBA and never achieved anything. Yet he's in the Hall of Fame. Can I, I also have a number of other people in the Hall of Fame who didn't achieve much, in fact, achieved significantly less than Derek Rose. Someone like Bill Bradley in 1982, who only has one All-Star appearance and two rings. With the Knicks, that's it. Someone like Arvidas Sabonis, no All-Stars, no championships, averaged 12 points per game and 7.5 rebounds per game for his career and was put in the Hall of Fame in 2011. Is that person? That person's already in the the Hall of Fame. Chet Walker, 2012, only has one rookie team and seven All-Stars, that's it. He's in the Hall of Fame. These are all people who, have had worse careers than Derrick Rose, yet they're already in the Hall of Fame. Which is why I believe, I'd just like to clarify my points. One, the Naismith Hall of Fame is meant to honour people who have had significant contributions to the sport, youngest MVP. Your system of measurement, which is this basketball reference measurement of Hall of Fame making, is flawed. And third, there's already a precedent of worse players making into the Hall of Fame.
1: Okay, great. Good to hear those points. Um, Just want to go over a couple of those. Who was that player that you said had, was it Drazen Petrovic? Yeah, he made yes. the Hall of Fame because of his overall achievement of basketball because he was an unver- unbelievable European player. Like, unbelievable. I've got him up here winning titles with the EuroLeague. He did make an all-NBA team in his- ones of his four years. He's got a bunch of awards in the EuroLeague. So that's why he made it into the Hall of Fame. Um, when you say Kemba Walker has better overall stats than Derrick Rose, that's not true, in my opinion, because Derrick Rose has three um, All star appearances. Derek, Ro- uh, sorry, Derek Rose has three. Kemba has four. You go through the totals, which is what they're going to base the Hall of Fame on. Not your peak, based on your total achievements. Kemba Walker has scored more points. Uh, Kemba Walker has three thousand five hundred assists. Derek Rose has three thousand three hundred. So he has less assists. He has less steals. He has less rebounds. Like I don't understand what at what point you're. Are you saying per? Because the, the career averages, the
0: career averages better. Yeah.
1: Per stats. Kevin Walker has better stats. He has a higher points per game in his career, and he has a higher points per game in the last season. And he has more total points. He has more total assists. He has more total s- steals. And he's got more total all-star appearances than Derrick Rose, who only has three. And that other guy who said only – what was his name? The guy had seven all-star appearances, and you said was in the Hall of Fame, and that was unfair. Yeah. Well, he has more than double Derrick yeah. Rose. Yeah, well, he has more than double Derrick Rose, who only has three. Oh, really, uh, All-star appearances is a significant thing now. Of a, a, play, okay, a, but
0: when, a fan voted competition.
1: Okay, but when you say that, okay, but when you say that Derek Rose has this awesome achievement, he's only made three. For three years, he was considered one of the top 25 players in the league, give or take five or 10 spots because of the fan thing. This guy had more than double the amount of years considered in that range. And when you said Kemba Walker was better, it's completely not true because there is nothing about Kemba Walker's versus Derek Rose that would imply that Derek Rose is better over his career. And well, I mean, and that guy, that European Derek guy, seven, eight, eight. yeah, but my point is that is one year of Derrick Rose's career. The Hall of Fame is given out. The reason there are these names that no one hears of is because they're the guys that play 15 years and are consistently contributing to teams because that is what, that is the, I'm not saying it's correct, right? If we want to have an argument about is the Hall of Fame a correct, you know, accomplishment for players, that's another argument. But as, Derek, as, as it is currently constructed, Derrick Rose does not fit the mold compared to others, to make the hall of fame. And that metric that you don't like is used widely by people talking about chances of people made the hall of fame.
0: And but do you not, do you not account for the fact that what I told you about the fact that it has John Wall, Blake Griffin, Curry, having yes, to play I have
1: something about that it's because it is based on if they retired tomorrow.
0: And my point about Derek. So if they retire tomorrow, you're going to say right here, right now, John Wall deserves to be in the hall of fame more than Giannis. Come on. You're so- better than that.
1: Ooh, I ha- I'm not saying that Giannis is not obviously a much superior player oh, to John
0: Wall. Oh, oh my God! Well, I'd Giannis, say that one of the only players in the history of the league to have an MVP and defensive player in the same year. Doesn't have a higher chance of making the Hall of Fame than John Wall. Well, like your system, your system of measurement is obviously flawed if that's the, if that's what it's counting.
1: No, but it no because it, it counts total career achievement it, it doesn't matter because answer isn't going to retire tomorrow but derek rose the reason it matters the percentage for derek rose is because of which is by the way is, a, is 12% of making the hall of fame is because derek rose is getting close to the end which i think once they get closer to the end of their career i admit it's flawed for younger people because it doesn't obviously younger players aren't going to retire tomorrow but once these guys start getting to the end of their careers these percentages start to mean a lot more because they obviously they you know there's if they retire tomorrow is much more likely so it's much more accurate in that regard. And Derek Rose does not have many years left. He's had a couple of good twilight years, but if we're being realistic, there's not much left in the tank t- regarding building a Hall of Fame resume.
0: Okay, but then how about we look at a player like Carl Larry, who has you know, not as good career stats as Derek Rose, yet he's ranked higher on the list. Well,
1: I haven't actually, I don't know what his career stats are because I haven't got him in front of me. Carl Larry's game, okay, well game scored, averages
0: are significantly lower.
1: It's not about game averages because that's, implied, that's just based on how many games they've played. Derrick Rose has not played anywhere near and not given as much game time as compared to these people. Kyle Larry has played a lot. Kyle Larry has scored more points total than Derrick Rose. He has more assists. He has more steals. I have it in front of me. Over his entirety of his career, mm-hmm. Kyle Larry has given more to the game of basketball to a team
0: than Derrick Rose. given more to the game of basketball, but he's only made one All-NBA team.
1: Yeah, and he's also got...
0: And it wasn't even a first-team All-NBA. He's also got which double... Which like the, Derek Rose, he has an, an MVP award.
1: And he also has doubled the amount of All-Star appearances, and he's also won a championship. So
0: there's... The Star the All-Star game is a popularity contest. It gives... Um,
1: I understand it's it does it on accurate representation of the top 25 every year, but give or take 5 or 10, you get it gets pretty damn close about to who's the top 25, give or take 5 or 10. 100%. You're never more than 10 off. There's not someone there who isn't at least a top 35 player. And and again, you're looking at the per-game stats. I don't know. I'm not saying it's correct that they judge it this way, but it is not judged on per-game stats. It is judged on the total career, which is why there's players like Jack Sigma who have a stronger resume than Derek Rose. And Carl Lowry has better total numbers than Derek Rose, unfortunately, due to the injuries that happened to Derek Rose.
0: Okay, but I'm telling you that the judgment process is based on contribution to basketball and being the youngest MVP in the history of the league. Is a, a significant contribution to the game of basketball. Don't I, you think so?
1: I think it's a significant contribution to the game of basketball, but I do not think it's enough.
0: Well, I think it does. Well, that, like, I know. Then, I know. This is the, then, this is the problem like, we have. Like, <laughs> like it, no MVP has never not made the made the Hall of Fame, and if you're basing your whole thing off of the fact that the system is telling you a system which you know I've described as being flawed, then what does that say? Okay, I don't think it's that flawed as a system. It's widely used
1: and it's widely recognized as a very strong metric of just determining Hall of Fame
0: probability. But I mean, but so, but do you not understand where I'm coming from in terms of the Giannis argument? Like, if but if my point with the Giannis argument, like...
1: yeah, my point with the Giannis argument is the metrics is much more accurate once players get to the end of their career because we can look at it in its entirety and there's a much more likely chance that they retire soon. The Giannis twenty two percent or whatever he was twenty two percent to make the Hall of Fame. I understand where you're coming from, but it's because we can't even we can't even picture what it would look like in twenty years when Giannis if Giannis retired tomorrow. It's it's very hard because we're right in the middle of seeing how dominant he is. But if you know if someone who's never watched someone who's looking back in twenty five years looks at Giannis, you go, oh, he played he had three or four amazing years, like ridiculous years but then suddenly quit. I'm not saying he wouldn't make the Hall of Fame, but you, we, they would have different perceptions of Giannis as we do currently, because they're not in the moment with Giannis like we
0: are. I think... Do I think that Derek Rose's resume is good? No. I'm not... I, I am not that biased enough to think that. But I think the precedent is there of players who have achieved significantly less and for the fact that being the youngest MVP is a significant contribution to the game, that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and will get selected to the Hall of Fame. I think, do I think that it, it necessarily he has enough that in, in comparison to a lot of other players? No, of course not. But I think when you look at some of the other players that are in the Hall of Fame who have achieved less, it's, it's hard to think that he shouldn't be there.
1: My thing with the precedent is just – I just think if you weren't living in the moment when you saw how good Derrick Rose was in those first three years, the precedent starts to deteriorate over time where people just look back at the raw numbers and look back after 20 years, I just don't think the magic is going to be
0: enough to pull him across the line. Because I think it would have – Okay, but but I mean – so with that, like that's what we're currently doing, but players are still there. Like a player like Bill Bradley, one all-star appearance and two chips with the Knicks. Or, I don't know about you. That doesn't that, that's that sounds a lot worse than being an MVP or the youngest MVP of all time. Or you look at someone like Arvidas Sabonis, no All Star appearance, no championships, career average of twelve points per game, seven point five rebounds per game. Like,
1: okay, but that comes down to the total contribution to teams over the career for me, which is what it's based on. I'm not saying it's correct that that's how they base the Hall of Fame, but that's what it, that's that is just the fact of the matter. Is that how is that is how they base the Hall of Fame?
0: Hall of Fame is for Outstanding contributions to the game of basketball. Okay, okay. It is, uh, it is, it is, written, it is written on their site. No, you you should write? You know what you should write on yours? It is written no, on, you is written on write. their site. It is written on their site. Outstanding contributions to the game of basketball. And the youngest MVP in the history of the league is an outstanding contribution to the game of basketball.
1: One year is not an outstanding contribution to the game of basketball.
0: The youngest MVP of all
2: time is? Not enough. Uh. I thought I thought this argument would be a lot more. Um, uh, you were you were very civilized. Listen to each other's points. We're gentlemen. You are. This is that was a gentleman's argument, and unfortunately, that gentleman's argument does have to have a conclusion. Now, listening to both points, both sides of you, it's very even. I mean, Ben, you had some brilliant takes and, and debunked some of Zach's. You know, or not even Zach's um, points, but more so the Hall of Fame percentage that has been brought up. And Zach, you you made some great points as well. It's so hard to choose. I want to just quickly throw a question out there, and this is predominantly based. This is predominantly thrown at Zach. Zach, would you personally, if you were in charge of the Hall of Fame, there wasn't there wasn't any precedence, nothing, but you look at Derek Rose and the contributions that he's made to basketball, the achievements that he's had, and that he's, even though, yes, it's a career award, his peak and the peak that was so high, would you put him into the Hall of Fame?
1: Um, I'd be very torn. I'd probably lean, yeah, but I don't choose who goes into the Hall of Fame. I'm not basing and it I on think- what I would do. I'm basing this on the fact that they're not going to put him in because they've never done that before.
2: Hmm. And that's why I think Ben—not that Ben's argument is correct—well, not that Ben's argument is correct, but I think I think the the argument that Derek Rose makes the Hall of Fame is so much more than just a percentage or a or I guess a um, a metric of me- a measurement. I think there's a human a humanistic side that in which there is bias, and and there is I guess a a measurement in 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 career achievement but also peak and the contributions that have been made and and derek rose's achievements i think far outweigh a lot of players that have been there so i do think that derek rose does make the hall of fame but not because not because of his statistics necessarily but because of his peak and because of i guess his kind of global image as well, I think I can't imagine a world where Derek Rose doesn't make the Hall of Fame because a lot of people, even though they are living in the past, he was such a big part of their basketball lives. And, so, and that's the same with a lot of players that come through. And I think it's going to be a lot. It's going to be the same for those who judge. So I think Derek Rose does make the Hall of Fame. Although, Zach, I can't actually argue that any of your points are incorrect. So technically, you're both right.
0: Oh, my God. Don't give him that.
1: So you're saying I'm right, no. but you're going to pick Derek Rose because you thought he was good for the two years? No, he's no, just no, trying no. to make you feel
2: I'm better. Saying, I'm saying you're both you feel of feel you about. are right because, feel better. because...
1: I have two prisoners at the moment on this podcast. Unfortunately, this... No, like right? I'm, I'm, try I'm trying to be... Man. This I mean, isn't a, this isn't a, it's not a feel-good accomplishment, the Hall of Fame. It's
2: not, it's not about that. It's about how... It's about one... Oh, it is, in essence. It's about how, how his career has gone which, yes, his career hasn't been as probably as, as what people thought it would be. But from the years that he did play, he was outstanding. And yes, he made that contribution and he, and he was the youngest MVP ever, which is hard to be unmissed. And there is precedent to back up the fact that no MVP has not made the Hall of Fame. So I think just even that gets him in. Another day, another win
1: for Ben. No, oh, hold on,
2: ben. ben. Hold on, Ben.
1: You're not winning. He's not making the Hall of Fame. Okay, I'm so
0: sorry to tell you this. He just, Tim just said that he thinks that that he's going to make the Hall of Fame, yeah. irrespective of yeah. why you think that. Tim, him, Tim, you think Tim, that he's, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Tim so thinks so he's going to. Thank gonna, you very much. Tim thinks he's going to get thank in. Thank you very much. Tim I'll I'll thinks take he's going to get I'll in. Tim thinks Tim, he's going to get wrap in. Wrap it up. Wrap <laughs> Ben up the knows podcast. he's wrong.
1: Ben knows he's wrong. Tim thinks he's going to get in for a humanistic element.
0: This is not what. Which, just so we clear. Is an element. It's so, a crappy element. Wrap that
1: it is up. Is a wrap it up.
2: Wrap it up. Like, <laughs> it's, it's do you, do, you, do you both think that Vince Carter gets in?
1: Vince Carter has contributed so much more in total numbers compared to Derek Rose. It is not even funny. So much more, but he hasn't.
2: You
1: know, Are you serious? Really done that? Oh, we'll get the total damn stats. Out. How many times does he bring up total stats in one argument? I mean, two All-NBA, Rookie
0: of the Year. Yeah, I guess. There you go. Two times All-NBA is pretty good. Yeah, he's an eight-time All-Star, which is way yeah, more. He has, the, he has the entirety of Canada behind
2: him for a long time. He also it's played for 40 there. years. Oh until yeah, that six.
1: matters. That matters because it's a total – this is my point. It's not about how good you were for three years. Should
0: you have, be in the Hall of Fame?
2: Oh I think God, also right, you have right. to look at the fact why so many people believe that Jordan's better than LeBron because Jordan's peak was so much higher. That's not the Hall of Fame. Else.
1: That is not the Hall of Fame. That is completely no, but different. I don't make the rules on the Hall of Fame. A career, I don't if you're looking roll,
2: at a man. career award, LeBron would be undisputedly the best ever. or Him or Kareem. But everyone, no. views Jordan, everyone views Jordan as the GOAT because his peak was so much higher. And I think when you look at the, the Hall of Fame, you have to look at people's peaks. And you have to look at their best seasons.
1: That's not a thing for the Hall of Fame. It has never been a thing for the Hall of Fame.
2: But you know what is? I think it's an aspect. A I think It's an aspect. It's not an aspect. Because
1: we've looked, they, there is a whole thing looking at the data and it tells us it is not about your peak. It is about
0: how much you contribute to winning. And that same thing told you that John Wall has a higher percentage of making the Hall of Fame than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Because That's really
2: what killed people.
0: It doesn't, it. On, it doesn't kill it. It doesn't kill
1: it. Because I'm telling you, if Giannis retired today, John Wall's total contribution yeah. to basketball would still be higher. It'd be the exact same thing if oh, D. Rose retired no, after no, three no. years. That, that, that's, 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 oh that's cap. That's just that's cap. It's not cap. It's just total contribution. If Derek Rose retired when he was 22, we'd all be like, oh, he'd make the Hall of Fame. Because we'd all be still living in the time where he was dominating. But it's not what this is about. This is a total contribution to basketball. Come on, people. Uh, open your, open your, open the if blinds. you think that John
0: Wall has contributed more to basketball than Giannis Antetokounmpo, you have you are tripping. Yeah, come on, Zach. No, contributing
1: to teams over his career. I'm not saying. That... Oh, come on, man.
0: Yeah, come on now, man.
2: Giannis has player. more All Stars, more all Defensive Player of the Years. He's had, he's yeah, got more. two.
1: I said the thing was flawed for younger players because it's about his entirety of career, but it doesn't matter for Giannis because Derek Rose is near the end of his career, so the percentages are much closerly much closer aligned. I said this.
2: I get that. But even, even if John Moore and Jonas Hansatukumpov retired today, I know who I'm picking.
1: So my point is is that the, the percentages for younger people are not as accurate as they are it's when players are older. It's very interesting. It's
2: I get dangerous. that. But then um, in, look, even there's no way. That, even, I know but even in that it's flawed, isn't it? No. Because, because everyone it's not everyone, for, everyone it's not flawed for, everyone for older people. But everyone would look at that and everyone would think, okay, if I had to pick between Giannis, if people, if people, and this is where the human aspect comes in, if people look at two players, for example, John Wall, or even, even um, Blake Griffin versus Giannis Antetokounmpo, who are people picking? I don't
1: even need a question. I'm still in shock that I'm having to deal with this.
0: Oh, Derek Rose Listen, not you're making. Gen- you were a gentleman. Derek... You were a gentleman for a while there, man. You really were. I really thought you were taking this loss really graciously It's not a
1: loss because <laughs> I am in the. I am in the majority in saying Derek Rose is not making the Hall of Fame. I'm in the
0: majority. Mm-hmm. But with, no, it doesn't matter about the majority. It matters about Tim. And Tim thinks that Derek Rose is going to make the Hall of Fame, so I win. So that's that's how it goes.
1: I'm just in pain.
2: Zach, I'll snuggle with you tonight. I'll give you a little kiss on the cheek. Don't give me the silent treatment. Respond. I can't. I'm in uh, I'm in disbelief. Just before we sign off, quick shout out to Dustin Johnson for winning the masters, Zach. any any question or any uh, on that? No, actually I forgot to do it. You forgot to do it. Wow. Well, yeah, congratulations to Dustin Johnson on winning his first green jacket. Uh, that's it for us, guys. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Get Around it Pod. Also, like us on Facebook at Get Around it Podcast. And that's it for us. Bye.